Good morning, church. So good to see you. Hi, my name is Toby. I get to serve as the lead pastor here at this wonderful church, Orange Coast Free Methodist Church. And we welcome you this morning for this Christmas celebration um, as we uh, look into the Word of God. Today, we're going to listen into what uh, this Gospel of Luke wrote about Zechariah and Elizabeth. And we, we've been going as a church, this series in Advent, uh, we're looking at this chapter one of the Gospel of Luke. And this is a gospel that is written by a man named Luke. He was not an eyewitness of Jesus. He, did not, he, didn't, he didn't know Jesus in person, but he uh, came all these uh, hours, spent all these hours listening into and interviewing people. And what was Jesus like? What did he do? What did he say? And then he's writing this story of Jesus to his man named Theophilus. It is good friend. He was probably of a high status and he's writing to them because Theophilus was somebody who was really wanting to know more about God and how much God loves him. And I hope that's why you're here too. And that we want to know more about God and how much he loves us. So in a way, this book, this author, Luke, is writing to us who is seeking God in our lives. And we listen into this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and the joy that they experienced. If you're looking for joy today, you came on a perfect day because we're looking at how Zechariah found his joy. And he experienced it. We, too, can experience the same joy. The birth of his son John gave him a lot of joy, him and his wife Elizabeth, because they were old. They they thought they would never, they, they were starting to doubt God's plan in their life. But then God's angel, Gabriel, came to them and said, you will have a son named John. And then because of that, this gave them joy and the hope was up. And then finally today's story, we find that John is born. Once they felt like their hope and their joy was been given up on them, That's when the story shifted. They changed and the joy was given. So church, everybody in here, do you have joy today? Well, has it been challenged lately, the joy? Or have you feel like this joy have maybe, maybe given up on you? I I think what we have to ask ourselves is what actually does give you joy? What, What is joy? We're going to look at how Zechariah, this old man who just have this, this, this newborn baby that they've been waiting for, how he found his true and real joy. And it may not be what you think it is. So I hope we can look into his life. And then we're also going to focus on his song. Zechariah wrote a song. He was a songwriter. And he, he wrote this song called Zechariah's Benedictus. Benedictus means a praise to God. We're going to look into the story, this, this song of this outpour of his joy. And so we're going to look at that because his song of praise. I hope today, and not just today, but for beyond today, I hope praise of joy fills your heart. Fill your heart and then fill this room. And what we always say here at this church is that may that joy overflow from here because we can't contain it. So that's what I hope this morning, this experience will be together. So if you have your Bibles, if you could open up to Luke chapter 1 and uh, if, or your Bible app to Luke chapter 1, we're going to look into this verse 57. Again, this, wrote, this was written for by Luke to Theophilus, those who are seeking God, and that's why we're here. So if you could open up to Luke chapter 1, and then we're going to go to verse 57. Let me read this right here, 57. When it was time for Elizabeth 
to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard the Lord that the Lord had shown her great mercy and that they shared her joy. Can you imagine this scene? This, this lady who has been barren, she didn't ha- have a child for many, many years. And there were these two couple that was like really godly people. They were so faithful people, but just one thing was wrong with their life. They didn't have one thing that they always wanted. So this and then the angel came, and then you know they, this little crazy, wonderful encounter. And then here it is, the baby, the joy has arrived, and everybody's just cheering for them. It's like, yay! That's like the miracle story of their household, and they're just celebrating. They came from all over town, and they just met in this room. They're celebrating, so happy for you. They are sharing this joy because of this baby. And then the celebration went on and on. And on the eighth day, something very significant took place. What happened was, they were a Jewish family. So obviously, for a boy on the eighth day, has to have circumcision. And some of you, if you don't know what that is, we're not going to get into the detail. But what it is, is that this is a baby dedication. John is this newborn baby that was given from God. So the parents are doing this child dedication service like sometimes we all do in church. And then maybe in the Catholic church you have like child baptism. It was kind of like that dedication of their child to God for the child to live faithfully to God. And that was taking place on the eighth day. But also what took place that day was this naming ceremony. Right? I mean, they were all gathered, says, what's the name? What's the name? Come on, come on, tell us, tell us. It was that kind of festive moment. And that tradition was that the name is formally announced, but what usually happened is the name is chosen among the family. A familiar name. In this case, you know, maybe a grandfather's name, great-grandfather, or the father's name. But at that moment, these relatives are here, and they're like, all right, I, th- I think I know, but just tell us, come on. You know, you're going to call him Zechariah, right? Zechariah. Because Zechariah was this dad. And this was this long-winded child. So it was like, you are Big Zach, and we're going to have Lil Zach, right? <laughs> Big Zach, Lil Zach, of course. You guys have this wonderful story. And then that's when Elizabeth like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. It ain't going to be Lil Zach. It will be Lil John. That's not how she said it. But, you know, it's like, it's like it, it, it can't be Lil Zach. Little John, it is. Because the angel came to us and told me it has to be John. It has to be John. And then, you know what? It's almost like the whole room. Everybody's gasped. You know, it's like, what, 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 John? What? They were like, you can't do that. That is unheard of. We never do something like that. We got to do what we've always been doing. It had a name after the father or the grandfather or at least this male figure in our immediate family. It has to be so. That's what we always done. And then that's when Zechariah, the father, and then if you don't know the story, because Zechariah doubted God's or this angel's uh, you know, announcement, the angel basically zapped him. It's like, no more talking. So he was mute. He, was, uh, he could not talk. His mouth could not. So what he did was he bust out his tablet. Okay? Uh, oh, there's a tablet. Okay, so that's, this is what he did. All right? So this is what John, uh, this is what Zechariah, he couldn't talk. He couldn't talk. He's doing all this. He's like. It, it gotta be John. My son has to be. And then. 
that's when something crazy happened. But, you know, there's something that I want us to really, really take in right now. Sometimes what God does in our lives is unheard of. Sometimes God is inviting us to do the unordinary, extraordinary, something that is not familiar, maybe not of the ordinary. But the key for us in those moments, we're like, what do we do? It's not for us to lean on, on our understanding. But seriously, and for, uh, with prayer, seek where God is inviting us to. Because it could be somewhere that you have never imagined. Something that is completely out of the ordinary, but it is for our, those times, it is for us to trust in God and see where He is inviting us to. And what happened to Zechariah? I want us to read this together. When he did this, this is what happened. Verse 64. Can we read this together from the screen? There we go. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe. Throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. That's what happened. Two things that I want really for us to take home today from that passage right there. When God gives us freedom, when God answers our prayer, what do we do? What do we do? What Zechariah did was he praised God. He immediately, he opened his mouth and praised God. When God gives you something, when God answers your prayer, when he gives you freedom to do whatever that you have been wanting to do, what do we do? I hope that we can learn from Zechariah and immediately let's praise God. Let us live a life praising God with the freedom that God has given us. So that's one. Number two, what happened in that story was when he obeyed God and he, he obeyed God's words and says, it has to be John. He was given the freedom and that act of obedience, that testimony, the life of obedience made an impact. Did you just hear what we just read? The story of this just kind of went out into the town. And everybody started talking about it. Oh, well, that's amazing. And they, what did they do? They glorify God. They began to praise God. This, this impact of obedience was throughout the hill country of Judea. Isn't that amazing? So the two things, one more, just to recap. When God gives you that freedom, let us praise. Let us continue to obey. Because that will impact our community. That will impact our immediate family. They're not going to look at you and say, you're great. Because that's not what Zechariah did. He praised God. And that's what everyone took home. Everybody was started talking about God's wondrous work. And that's what I hope we could all take home. When God gives you something, let us praise. And that testimony will continue to impact others. They will praise God on your behalf. And when I think of that story of Zechariah's obedience. I actually thought of another person in my life who is very important to me. And um, I, you, most of you uh, met him just a few weeks ago. Um, his name is Pastor Hiroyuki Anjiki. You met him. You saw him speak. You heard him speak in Japanese. He was here a couple of weeks ago in October. And uh, he came to mind. He's my father-in-law. He's a pastor. But you know, before he was a pastor, he was a very, very gifted baseball player. In Japan, he played from, from uh, 
a uh, elementary all the way high school college and he was a very very uh, uh, a well-known college baseball player in Japan. In fact, our very own Max Muguchi from the Japanese speaking, he like he actually knew him because Max, I guess he was a ball player. He never told us, but he was a ball player that he's like, "Oh, I knew him back then." He was that well-known Anjiki. And that was his dream to be an, a professional baseball player. And around that time, something significant happened. He actually was drafted by a Japanese baseball team called Hunky Braves, which is now the, the Buffaloes, I think. But uh, it, it, it's, uh, he got drafted. But around that time, he went to a Christian college fellowship. And he walked in there that night, and he heard about Jesus. And that night, he gave his life for Christ. He gave his life for Jesus, and he wanted to live the rest of life praising God. And what happened was he discovered the true joy, the real joy in his life that he was always after, and he found it that night. It was not in the baseball, or it was not in the signing, or being drafted by. It, it was a lifelong dream. Of course, he, that was part of his joy, but he found a true joy, joy that trumps every other joy. It was his salvation through Jesus Christ. And that changed his life. And he decided to live a life continuing to praise God. And he became a pastor. And that act of obedience impacted the community, which where he is right now. It's in uh, uh, Utsunomiya, Japan, in his church. It's, it's a wonderful church. And, and what's also amazing is not only this church is reaching the community, he, his, his son now became a pastor. There's so many multiple young pastors in that church. And it's just this, this impact of obedience is just, just, just permeating throughout the region, throughout the church, throughout the generations. And it's just such a wonderful testimony. And I saw, thought about that when I heard the story of Zechariah. Let's look into the story, the song of Zechariah that is found in verse 67. I love this because it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and then he began to prophesy, which means God gave him the word to speak and he just shared those words. And this is from verse 67. Actually, the first part of this song, the Benedictus of Zechariah, is about Jesus. It's about the work of God, His salvation through His Son, Jesus. Let's recap for a second because I think I don't want to miss the big picture here. Because remember I said earlier that angel came to Zechariah. He says, you will have a baby. After all these years of waiting, the, the prayer will be answered. That was his joy, the birth of his son. But when you look at this story, the, the, the focus of joy has changed. The focus of joy is about the salvation work through Jesus Christ. And he almost as if the, the birth of his son, John, is almost a secondary joy. What well, used to be the main focus of his joy has now become second. What happened? What happened to Zechariah? So there's something that happened in between his first encounter with angel Gabriel and this point where Zechariah had this birth of his son, John. Something happened. You know what happened? He met Jesus. He encountered Jesus. Technically, he met Mary. And Jesus was inside. And remember, the, in, in the womb, and, 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 and John leaped. And, and, and it's just like all this wonderful story. But he, Zechariah, along with his wife, Elizabeth, met Mary. And that changed his life. That changed the whole trajectory. And the focus of joy changed that very moment. Because through Mary, he heard that this 
Jesus is the Savior of the world. It is just His work that will save every person. That's what changed Zechariah's focus and his, his joy. Let's read verse 68. Can we read this together? Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come to His people, redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. The horn of salvation means the strength of salvation is coming from the descendant of David, which was Joseph's family, and now is Jesus. And Jesus is the answer to all the prayers of the world that this is the salvation and that is his first words that came out of his mouth as he praised God. Who remembers in here what the name Zechariah means? Anybody? I told you to take notes that day. (laughs) All right, so his name means God has remembered, which means God never forgot. God has remembered his promise, and now this Jesus is the answer to that promise. God remembered his holy people, this covenant, and he will deliver. He will rescue these people of Israel out of the hands of the enemies and lead them into living this holy and righteous life. This is the promise that is being fulfilled through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is a song of salvation. This is the praise of salvation because not only God gave Jesus to save him. It was through Jesus that entire world, the people of Israel will be saved. And this is what Zechariah is praising. That's the most important part of this song, the focus, Jesus. That that leads, that joy leads to the second part, which is about his son. And verse 76 says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sin. Regarding John, Zechariah's joy was now the fact that he's going to serve Jesus. He gets to be the one who prepares the way. That is the joy as a father that his son gets to serve the Savior. Here we find father's heart, father's prayer for the child. Serve the Lord and make sure you share about Jesus with everybody. Isn't that your prayer for your children if you're a parent? Isn't that our prayer as a church for our next generation? That they would encounter and receive the salvation, receive this joy of salvation. Then they will serve the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul. And then share this good news of Jesus to the people around. Isn't that our prayer? for the upcoming generations and generations to come, especially as a parent, for a child, for a church, for this wonderful, wonderful next generation. That's what I see in Zechariah. So church, this is the season of joy, right? This is Christmas. That's what we hear on the the radio. When we we shop around, we see and hear this joy of Christmas. But let us really think, what gives you joy? Is it your family? I mean, some joy, but sometimes more stress, you know? (laughs) I mean, or, or, you know, sometimes it's it's the the hustle and bustle of the season kind of robs us of the real joy. But we think that this should be joy. These gifts and presents and the wonderful, fun things of Christmas 
I mean, this is my son. Every day we have this picture right here. And, um, you know, he, we got, he got the big old, you know, box. And he's like, what's in here? We actually know what's in here. It's a beanbag. That's why it's so big. It's nothing really expensive. But he's like always checking out, okay, what, what's in here? I mean, that's like his joy every day. I mean, he's checking it out. It's like nothing changed for two days, but he's always going back there. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love this Christmas morning experience where we're looking at presents, and that gives us joy. There's this fun aspect of Christmas. But it doesn't come at a, you know, it comes up with a price, you know. So as parents, like, I don't know if that's a joy or more, it hurts the bank. But, um, <laughs> but, but really, let's look at what gave Zechariah his true joy. Why did he sing such an amazing praise to God? Was it because of John? No, actually not. It was actually the salvation through Jesus. It wasn't the, the physical, tangible answer to prayer in, in John, but it was more of the, un, the, 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 the greater picture of the salvation was the biggest focus of joy. Yes, he was so joyful about his life being saved by God, his wife Elizabeth, and, and John, that who gets to serve the Lord and his people of Israel. That was his heart now. It wasn't like me, I want this John, this is my, my something that I want, and God has given me, so I'm joyful. No, no, it was bigger than that. It was this wider picture of his, his hope for salvation for all, and that gave him joy because god did not forgive for, uh, for forget this people he came to redeem and rescue salvation is here for all of us it wasn't the material answer just like for us you know the finance the money i mean those gives us joy momentarily maybe this material is the gifts the presence even our health if we have good health yeah it's joyful course the fact that we're secure and we have a house to live that gives us joy maybe the warmth of the house of the family i mean that all gives joy but for how long how long does that joy last toys will break in two days after christmas that's what always happened to my my house i mean it breaks and then the joy my son's crying and then all of a sudden the joy's gone the bank account, if it, it'll, sometimes it's good when it's, you know, when it's adding up, but when you see it depleting, then the joy is fading. I mean, it is such a momentarily joy. What good are they if there's no salvation? What good are the joys of the world if there is no everlasting life? Because at the end, death will swallow up everything. All the joys of the world. Every single joys of the world will be swallowed up by this enemy called death, except for one, except for one. And that is the joy of salvation. That's why Jesus came to give you that very joy. It says in verse 71, salvation from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. Our enemies, the darkness, the sickness, the stress, sins, and death. None of those things can rob you from the real joy that you have in Christ. Joy of salvation. And I want you to please, I invite you, 
to receive that. Make sure you have that. Make sure that joy is increasing more and more. Or perhaps make sure you get to receive that and feel the assurance of that joy of salvation. Jesus is here to give you that. Let me just say, the joy has not given up on us because Jesus is the promise of joy. Joy to the world. You say, Lord has come. That's the joy. You guys are good. You responded real quick. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy because says, Lord has come. What joy is this? What joy are we talking about? None other than the joy of salvation, y'all. And that cannot be taken away from you. So now, what do we do? Now we have received this joy of salvation. What do we do? How will you respond when God answers, when God gives you this ultimate joy? What do you do? Zechariah immediately, remember what he do? Immediately praised God and he dedicated everything to God. He dedicated his son to God. Please use him for your work. That was his commitment after he received this joy of salvation. So church, may praise of joy flow out of your mouth. May the praise of joy everlasting, this joy of salvation overflow from each and every one of our lives and our hearts. May this joy of salvation overflow from this church. That's what I dream of, and I hope you could dream that with me. And that joy that will not be robbed, that's the key. And without Jesus, we will not have that. But with Jesus, there's joy in everything that we see, everything that we get to experience. And that's the joy that I want us to spread. Isn't that the joy that we want to share, the real joy of Christmas? If you're inviting someone to church, you have Two more opportunities, at least for our church. Tomorrow and the next Sunday. May it be tomorrow. Would you pray? Even the last minute thing. But you know, you would think about this card. It's like, I, I want to give this to you. I want you to I want to invite you to church tomorrow because I want to come with you. Because that is the reason why Christians gather every single Sunday to celebrate Jesus Christ. So this Christmas, what better gift can we share than this true joy? Of salvation. What house? Last week, through Pastor Jenny, we looked at the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, how magnificent our God is. And today we looked at the Benedictus of Zechariah, how wonderful in the praise of the joy of salvation. Tomorrow, we're going to wrap up this Advent season with the Gloria, Gloria of the angel. It says that the praise to God and in the heavenly place. Glory to God in the highest and may peace be on earth. And that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. So I hope you could join us. In fact, I want to challenge you. Be with us tomorrow, 6.30. We could praise together and look at this last song, this angel sang that very evening where Jesus was born. Amen. So this week we have this challenge that up here. No, um, and if you're new with us, what we usually do is I ask you to take out your smartphones. I know, I know you have, because some of them rang today. So, uh, okay, so uh, let us take this picture and let us read Luke 1, 57 to 80. And slowly, not fast, slowly. 
And then discover, what did you notice from that reading? And then for the grow, I want you to list up all the things that gives you joy. Perhaps your, um, your family, perhaps your, uh, some food, uh, your favorite movie, or your favorite coffee drink, whatever gives you joy. Just list them up. But I want you to reflect upon the joy that is the most important joy, which is the joy of salvation. How assured are you of that joy of salvation? And then lastly, overflow, who will you share the joy of your salvation with this week? Obviously, that applies to you as Christians, as followers of Jesus. But would you? Would you con- consider inviting someone? It's not too late yet to invite them to this Christmas Eve service tomorrow. We will do a candlelight service, which individually you will receive a candle, that, and then the light will come to you, which symbolizes the light of Christ that illuminates our life, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for eternally long. And that's what we're going to be focusing on tomorrow. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to us, giving us salvation giving us the hope that is eternal. And that, for that, we have joy, the joy of salvation. I pray that we could all, we could all ponder upon that and ask you to give us that joy of salvation right now, maybe for the very first time. But if it is not for the first time, may that joy increase in us. May that certainty of that joy increase in us. And Lord, help us. How can we grow in that understanding? How can we grow more of the appreciation of this joy? And then help us. What now? What can we do with this joy? Help us to overflow, God. Help us not to just let that contain in us, but overflow because we probably know one person or more that needs that joy more than ever. So God, use us and help us to celebrate the coming of your son once again this year. We thank you so much. We praise you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.